Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? I want to start this shit off straight. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. And I'm talking tough. You're talking to what? You're a phony Montana. What the? This ain't Tony Montana's phony Montana. Clever. You can't do shit, y'all. Got matter of fact, though. Now I know only I can stop the rain. You're scared, coward. You got man enough to f*** with me. Look at you scared now, you ho. Scared of the real man. Now I know only I can stop the rain. This media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me. This me. I don't care what you say on the radio, but this me. I know you. This nigga's talking crazy. I am somebody up and physically i mean hold it now it's ready up talk radio where the streets is talking and everybody is talking because i do talk tough and i do do tough things welcome welcome this is tough talk radio and i'm your host rich martini alongside mr who mr preston the one and only and who? This is Candace. Yeah, I just love the way that she says that shit. I just get the chills like, ooh. I just hear that name and I shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? On this episode of Tough Talk Radio, going to get a little... Oh, shit. Well, let me play this disclaimer real quick before we go any further. This program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. On this episode of Tough Talk Radio, we'll talk about a little bit of relationships, man, and... and you know, Cam Newton has been in the in the in the news a little bit um, because uh, you know some things he said. We're gonna talk about what men want, what women want, man. We're gonna talk relationships overall, man. Miss Candice, you got some words about it. some fitness tips. That's right. So yeah. you know what I'm saying. So this is gonna be a challenge because I'm gonna be in that challenge. I'm gonna get in there and start getting in the gym. You know, we're gonna fuck it up in the gym. You know what I'm saying? That's me doing some bench press and dumbbells and shit. You know, I looked at some old videos and I was like, damn, Rich, I'd call you. Oh, my God. You were shredded? You know, oh, I was looking great. Mm. Mm. Yeah, boy. Can I see that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hell, yeah. Shit, that shit goes straight on my freaking Instagram. <laughs> From standing on the corners popping to driving some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block clinging the murder scene. You know me well for nice standing on the corners popping. To driving some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block clinging the murder scene. You know me well for nightmares of a lonely cell. My only hell, but since when y'all niggas know me to fail. Fuck nah, we all my niggas with the rubber grips. Or shots. And if you with me, mama, rubble your tits and whatnot. I'm from the school of the hard knocks. We must not let outsiders violate our blocks. And my plot, let's stick up the world and split it 50-50. Uh-huh. Let's take the dough and stay real jiggy. Uh-huh. Let's sip the Chris and get pissy pissy. Flow infinitely like the memory of my nigga Biggie. Baby, you know it's hell when I come through. The life and times of Sean Carter, nigga, volume two. Y'all niggas get ready. Uh, you know, Chopper just got arrested. Woman making the band Chopper mm-hmm. just got arrested oh. for, for, uh, 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 sex trafficking. <gasps> Dang. Got arrested. Yeah. Go run and get me some fucking cheesecake. Remember that shit? Get your cheesecake on. Oh some cheesecake. <laughs> well, he was getting cheesecake, but it was a little different. He was getting cake off cheese. <laughs> cheese off cakes. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah real, man. Love that. That's a fact. You feel me? All my niggas locked down in the 10 by 4 Controlling the house, we live in hard knocks We don't take over, we ball blocks Burn them down and you can have it back, daddy I'd rather that, I float for chicks wishing They ain't have to strip to pay tuition I see your vision, mama I put my money on the long shots All my ballers, that's born the clock No more to be on top, whether I perform or not I went from lukewarm to hot Sleeping on futons and cots, the king size Green machines, the green fives, the scene pies Let the thing between my eyes and the lies Life ills, then I put it down tight grill I'm tight grill with the phony Rappers, y'all might feel we homies I'm like still, y'all don't know me Shit, I'm tight grill When my situation ain't improving I'm trying to murder everything moving Feel me? So you ready? I'm ready You ready? You got the giggles out? Let's go Because this is Tough Talk Radio with your host, Mr. Preston and Rich Martini. Because I do talk tough and I do do tough things. All right, welcome back to Tough Talk Radio. I am your host, Mr. Preston, the one and only, and I'm alongside my man, my mellow, what the Mr. Mello. Martini. My mellow? My mellow, man. Come on, man. My mellow. You know what I'm saying? I got this hand up in me, man. Come on, man. Damn. Don't hold me. Don't hold me accountable. Pause, okay? You know Pause. what I'm saying? My main <laughs> man, the CEO. <laughs> Rich Martini alongside the lovely, the lovely, the beautiful Miss Candace. And we are going to talk now tough talk news, man. The first thing we're going to talk about is Elon Musk buying Twitter for $44 billion. Okay. $44 billion. Okay. Now also this thing has Twitter workers in uproar where they are facing some uncertainties. What do you think about this man spending $46 billion when we got homelessness and all this other stuff on Twitter? What's your thoughts about that? The rich get richer and the poor get poor. Period. Point blank. Ain't shit going to change. You know, I was having this conversation with someone. They were like, damn, why did he buy uh, Twitter? For me, I think it's worth the $44 billion because of all the information that he's going to get. Yeah. So, so listen, don't be surprised all of a sudden if you're on Twitter and next thing you know, you get a damn Tesla commercial coming through your Twitter ads and all that other good stuff. And you're getting all kinds of emails and stuff like that. It's worth the $44 billion oh, not even for that Tesla. alone. That. Just think of all the other companies that silently right. he's involved with. That's correct. I mean, I'm more concerned about why is our gas so expensive and what our fucking administration is doing and why we're in inflation versus Elon Musk. Why so now that right there, that is a completely different conversation. All right. But now, I'm see, just saying. Now my, my thing is when people, I mean, let's go there then. You know, when people talk about the federal government and gas prices, that is, is more of, you got to look at what the, the gas companies as far as what they're making, right? They have record profits, right? This has nothing to do with the federal okay, government. Okay, let's go back to Elon Musk then. Thank you. Is in terms of Elon Musk and his whole thing, did you see what he said, right? He okay. said, I hope that people that disagree with me remain on Twitter because I believe in freedom of speech. Absolutely. Do you think that people have been silenced on Twitter? I do not. You Look, don't? I don't. Because people have actually been silenced. What? When we say silence, what do you mean? Like, we're talking about... Um, it wasn't just Trump. There were several people, oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. government officials that were silenced. That part of it has always been there. It's always been there from the newspapers. The media has always controlled the narrative and the, narr- and the media is always controlled by the upper lines. You know what I mean? They're okay. always controlled. Okay. So it doesn't matter. 
because if we were getting our news and we were believing shit, now it's just social media has changed things. But but do you think people should be silenced in America where for freedom of speech? Well, here, here's the thing: I don't think people should be silenced. But Twitter is a private company, and when you sign up for Twitter, you agree to certain rules that yeah. you will not do A, B, and C. They are a private company. The First Amendment talks about the government, not private industry. Moving along in Tough Talk News, the baby, Mr. Martinez, man. Is somebody in government? I said government. Martini. I said, I, I, Mr. Martinez. Man. Oh, he said, he said Martini. I said Martini. Yo, oh, shit. shit. I'm just drunk. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> Damn, the baby. Look, I'm just going to say this. Cats are wilding in the industry. Dude is wilding out, He's right? Wild. So the baby, the artist, the rapper, right? He's already got several shit going on with him and legally with fighting. Now he just turned on his own rapper, hits him inside the head. You got man enough to fuck with me. And then goes on and starts talking about how people are so against him and how he's a victim of everything. This media gets kind of up sometimes when it comes to me. I'm just going to say this is, and I don't wish anything bad on anybody, but if he doesn't change certain things, cats are dying for less than what he's doing. And rappers. That's a fact. And in today's time, anybody can get touched. Last week, didn't somebody try to jump, uh, break into his house and ended up shooting somebody in yeah, his house? I mean, like, this guy's off the chain. And here's the thing. It's one thing things happen, but it continues to happen to him. But do you think it's because he's always been this way? Or do you think that fame has made him feel invincible? I think that fame has exacerbated what he already is. I agree with you that 100%. Yes. So you have the money to pay, you can play? type of shit I, I think that's what it is with this guy or he's young too he's still youngish how old is old he? enough to know better when you start getting to a certain point and you thinking you're tony montana and everybody's out to get you and your persona <laughs> is that <laughs> and, like, and, and at the end of the day you're just hold a, it now it's radio i do talk tough and i do do tough things yeah you right. know what i mean and he's putting himself in those situations Facts. Regardless of the fact That is a fact He's putting himself In those situations And he's gaining that oh, attention Oh he's 30 Old enough to know better Right so Yeah I think so At what point do you say Hey yo I need to stop Because of You can be touched nowadays You can be found So baby Tone down a little bit My personal opinion. I agree And we'll leave that We'll leave that there And we'll move on To the Girls Gone Wild documentary Oh man I was watching that shit You know what I'm saying Woo! Girls Gone Wild documentary ah, Who's lacing this nigga shit oh, I'm excited About to beat my meat This will be the last part Of Tough Talk News And we saved the best for last But you know Man Rich Talk to me about The Girls Gone Wild documentary This thing is Man It's blowing up Man the internet right now It's on TNT It's an expose um, A documentary Called Girls Gone Wild Exposed it's part of TNT's Rich and Shameless series. So we have to go back in time, right? So if you were a teenager in 2000, right, you remember all the MTV spring breaks, all that shit that was going on, everybody partying. You had Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Go to the gym, eat a protein shake, funnel, whatever you want. You know they're here in San Diego right now, right? Bruh. You got all that shit going on, everybody's partying up. Well, then you had Girls Gone Wild, right? Girls Gone Wild was... It, uh, it, I think it mainly... Excuse me. It mainly started out as girls flashing. How can Girls Gone Wild get any wilder? Just watch how far these girls go. The guy that created it... Joe Francis. Joe Francis. Name. Yes, Joe Francis. He got a job with a company, and they were doing um, Band From TV. From there, he was getting a bunch of footage of, of girls flashing. 
he decided I'd make money off of it. He took it to the next level, created Girls Gone Wild. Shit blew up in a matter of months. In that year, he was making millions of dollars. That just goes to show you how perverted Americans yeah. are. I was just going to say, and you know who was buying it. Men. Men. Well, no, Men. no, wait, 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 wait. Because of the fact of the matter is there was a lot of women that loved that shit. Yeah, boy. What are you trying to say? Women were out there buying a DVD of other women flashing and... Yeah. They were they participating. Weren't. They were participating, but they weren't buying so it. But they weren't buying it. It don't matter. What? what? You're participating, so you're helping to that fact. Ah. Hold on. Participating means let me go find a bunch of drunk college girls who don't know what they're doing and acting crazy. And that was the whole point. That's the whole point of the documentary. Yeah, so you, to say they're participating, did they even know they were participating? They're real fucking drunk. Why are you not entertained? He was getting people to go on drunk. He would film them, go on camera and say, I give you the authority to do this. You know right. what I mean? And then he would have them sign a piece of paper saying that he was allowed to use their likeness. And he would take them and make them put an idea. Mm-hmm. And then he started making them have sex. Some of them. Mm-hmm. How do you make someone have sex? I just think I, I never did shit like that, especially at that age. Alcohol does a lot. It goes straight to the vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So you know what that means. Ooh, got a round of drinks on me, baby. You're shaking. Must <laughs> Riding through the Bronx, swerving on the potholes. Think she fucking with me? Must be on the blanco. All I gotta do is hit the shooter, tell him tato. Big smoke, nigga, get your clip like a pasta. And you know we smoking big blunts, ain't no flacos. Big chopper, knock a bitch out of her tacos. And we only pushing big bodies out the lato. Told her take it easy, no me jode tanto. Riding through the Bronx, swerving on the potholes. Think she fucking with me? Must be on the blanco. All I gotta do is hit the shooter, tell him tato. Big smoke, nigga, get your clip like a pasta. If I said it once, ain't gonna say this shit again. Is she acting up? I'ma hit a friend I don't need no love It ain't never pay the rent Now I'm trying to ball For the time I play the bench All I gotta do is call And they pulling up You know I keep a bad bitch With a doobie up I always do for them They ain't never do for us You know can fear and I don't know who to trust Got the city on my back Glizzy on my lap I'm giving free smoke We gon' turn them to a pack We know you in real life Now give it up you cap And I ain't never worried About the bitches in the back I'm wearing for a myth They catch a strip and it's a wrap Y tiene la cuarenta Try to stick me as a fact I'm moving different Nigga cutting off the dead weight 2020, I need more money, less hate. I'm bringing back real bitches, nigga, less fake. You know I'm dead nice, that's why niggas dead hate. You know how I move, get a nigga set straight. She like it when I eat it, ready for the next plate. My whole team go, all we do is get cake. And thinking I'ma stop, nigga, I don't press brakes. Never in my feelings, had to put the money first. She told me not to stop, cause she like it when it hurt. You know I like the thug, bitch, got it in her purse. Can't tell him you the one, yeah, you gotta show the word, huh? Burn the shit down, y'all me la bombero No, I like my bitches bad, so bad, But I ain't gonna pay, you no soy pendejo, bitch I don't know how to try to be sexy The Rock just called you and was like, look, call me back The Rock, come on now oh, You don't like The Rock, what about uh, That dude will break me I'm five, one and a half Okay, but I'm just saying, you still wouldn't take that challenge? No Damn I'm not into him Okay, what about, what's the other cat's name? The other one that they love, like an Aquaman Oh, Jason Momoa? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would write his name. Okay, so there you go. See? Hey! I do something. 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 I do something.
free the bad the dog them come in We stop jump or stop crawling He put step man very clean Mummy house step man very mean Free the bad the dog them come in We stop jump or stop crawling Free the bad the dog them come in We stop jump or stop crawling I saw we dog them a step them rolling Money if I make them strolling And if I'm a step more get a step dog them a step But nothing if I step Any new shoes me not broke from it Now pure name brand pun Who me skin me not broke for it now Turn up in a rich man shop Them fit run we check We not broke pocket Hey girl what you want tell Joe Byron Take timing don't stop whining Black belly up when I up sliding No face no case no stop the grinding This broadcast is brought to you by Black Lee On Delicious Vinyl Radio Powered by Dash But the girl don't stop whining Man royal bigger than binding Money off a make don't stop grinding And the dog them fresh no bad mind thing I saw we dog them a step them rolling Money off a make them strolling Any woman step more get a step dog Them a step man nothing else get a step dog Any woman girl me never broke for it now Dog them fresh me never broke for it now Mummy yo set me never broke for it now Daddy care for me This is Tough Talk Radio where the streets is talking And everybody is talking so here on Tough Talk, we're going to get into some topics. Which one we got up first? Man, first of all, man, we're going to talk, I mean, in, in, in the relationship theme, man. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? We're going we're gonna to talk about what men want, but not like that. You know what I mean? We, we were just talking before the show, man, in our production meeting about, you know, what men want. And Candace, you had a very, very yeah, interesting... Yeah, he me and I had my hand up. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I, was, I was a kid in this classroom. I was raising my hand like, ooh, ooh, teacher, teacher, I got something to say. Not funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> now go ahead, Miss Candice. Wait, we're talking. We're talking about which opinion? Well, I have a lot of them. Nah, you had mentioned you had mentioned something about you know guys wanting a bad bitch, right? Yeah. Let me hear what you had to say about that. You know, and I think it's going to help a lot of women out here and a lot of men. Let's see. I feel like everybody's opinion on what a bad bitch is varies, and I I think like we are slapping you know labels on everything like a man can be a woman nowadays a woman can be a man so facts anybody can be a bad bitch right it just depends on on what you view that as however i think most dudes like social media runs the world right now you know it's a, a part of everyday life it's where you advertise it's where you talk to friends whatever you scroll through social media you see what bad bitches right so these dudes are looking at bad bitches every day. All okay, day. but wait, 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 wait. But you say bad bitches, but in mm-hmm. your book, mm-hmm. what defines what you think a man idolizes a bad bitch? So in my industry and in my field of what I do and in Southern California, I think most dudes think a bad bitch is defined externally. Okay. You know, by how a woman looks, not necessarily how a woman treats a man. Okay. Or holds herself. Right. Okay. So I think a lot of that has to do with. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back that up. It does matter how she holds herself. But I, I don't know that most men place value on that in terms of what a bad bitch is. I don't think most men worth their salt are really looking for a quote bad bitch. What are you talking about, nigga? In the sense that I think bad bitches are out here thinking they are. I'ma just go on the whole left with it. I'm I'ma be ignorant with it because you know that's what I do. Ignorance is bliss. My thing is this if you in a club, you looking for a bad bitch. You're right. I do not disagree with that. I could give a shit less what you do outside. You still haven't defined what a bad bitch is. I'm just saying I'm just saying your retort to what you said. No 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 we're still we're still we still haven't defined what a bad bitch 
Because you're saying that most men are looking for a bad bitch in the club. What is that? I think it breaks down to this. A bad bitch could be, for some men, what they see long term. No. For some men, what they see tonight. No, a bad bitch is not what they see long term. Never. What? Because Never. I go to a club and I'm like, yo, that's a bad bitch. <laughs> yeah, boy. I ain't thinking about what she's doing outside of work. You're thinking about in the moment what you see. Yeah, so she's going to say that's a bad bitch, right? Right, but you don't know nothing about her. No, but that's still a bad bitch. It's still not long term. You don't know if she can cook, clean, fold your laundry, put it away, raise your kids. Look, she walking by and her shit is fucking swinging from side to side. Yo, that's a bad bitch. All right, so to our point, externally speaking, she's a bad bitch. Exactly. So I agree with you there. Which is what I think most men are summing it up as. Like, does she got? I disagree with that. Why you don't tell the people the truth? Listen. It depends on what the man is looking for. Now, what are we talking about? We talking about relationships or we talking about, we talking about one night stands? Okay. So that's what I said. We're breaking it down two different things. Yes. That's what I was saying. So are you looking outside long term? A bad bitch could be defined by different means. Yeah. I mean, I think relationally speaking, yeah, a man is going to be looking for somebody who is much more than just what their exterior presents, but she does have to have that. Period. Yo, man, please can I have another hit? Yo, man, please can I have another hit? Yo, man, please can I have another hit? The dope man's dope man and everybody knows The crimes and the rhymes got the felonious flows Go Donna, go dancer, go Vixen I sledge through the snow like St. Nicholas Go sex, go Neemans, go Kitson And blow drug money on drug dealer bitches Yeah, and we don't do shit as well We saying that you hate a nigga's kiss and tell Wishing I was holed up in the cell Throw your ass over to the bottom of that wishing well Once a man that has certain criteria, right? You want a man over a certain height. You want a man to make a certain amount of money, that type of stuff, right? But what do you think a man like that wants from a woman? What is his bad bitch criteria? What does he want from a woman? I think he wants somebody who can hold down a home. Okay. I think he would like to be taken care of. And by taken care of, what do you mean? Mm, I think like you hold down a home you know how to cook you know how to clean can you be supportive are you in in your man's corner when he needs you to be like you're not emasculating him in public like you're not talking down to him you let him lead like you want to be a good number two right that puts us into a tough situation oh shit here we go again i feel Mm -hmm. women that i've come across Mm -hmm. 
They want to be dominated, but they also want to be the dominator. I, I hear you. You know what I mean? Because now they feel like, oh, well, I work, so I got these privileges to do this, this, and that. Okay, that's true. You do, mm-hmm. right? But when it interferes with the relationship, mm-hmm. are you willing to reel back? And a lot of women feel like, and I'm sorry, not, I, let me take it back. A lot of women that I've met have told me, why can't I do what I want to do? You're speaking about reel back in what way? What do you mean? Reel back as far as, okay, you don't need to be in the club every night. You don't need to be showing your body features unless you're doing it, unless you're doing it for a living. Like if you're a model and you're doing these things and you're making money that way and you come to a point where that's part of your relationship, then that's something different. Well, hold on. Let's keep it a buck though. Those type of, of, and this is just, this is a real statement. You know what I'm saying? Those type of career choices, right? Have consequences, right? Sometimes the man that you want may not want his woman Right to be all out there and have the woman that he's going to marry or you know bring to the you know because usually a man that you know has something going for himself and stuff like that wants to bring his wife to the country club and to you know around his friends and all that and he doesn't want his wife to have a bunch of nudes out on you know Instagram right it's one of those situations where it's like you know sometimes those choices may have consequences it might uh, lower the or lessen the pool of, of eligible men that you would be interested in right there's always going to be millions of guys out there right for you to choose from but the guys that you're interested in right it's going to be a special guy you know I mean, well, I, mean I don't disagree with you i feel like some females are going to be mad at me about this because i don't disagree with that but my thing is is if you meet me and you you find me which i have already said i was in a previous relationship where i stopped right dancing for this man give me a reason to cut off a certain income give me a reason you know to want to stop doing that give me the reason if you just want to come in like any other dude you'll be all right some of the circumstances is isolated you know what i mean because at the same time a lot of women that date a guy that's very attractive that is you know muscular and wealthy and got money such as myself you know i mean they're say what i said no so anyway, so like I said, so a lot of women, when they date a guy like that, the roles are reversed. Right. They don't like the situation because I'll tell you, a lot of men, unfortunately, are insecure. Okay. Because well, a lot of, of women are too. Well, true. But women hold it a different way. Women. Expound, I, I mean, wait, wait. Expound upon that. You know. Yeah. I want to know. A lot of men saying. are insecure. What do you mean? Oh, shit. Here we go again. Say a lot of men are insecure with the fact that if they have a woman, right, that is physically dominating, right? In and terms of how she looks. How right. she looks. Outside of, you know, what she does for a living. Mm-hmm. So you're putting, for example, if you're dating a woman and she's putting her body and her features out there all the time, mm-hmm. a lot of men are not going to like that because of the retort that they get back but I don't from think other what, men. But, but what do you but mean I don't, other I don't, men? I don't, think, I don't think that's insecurity, though. I, I don't think... I, I wouldn't call that insecurity, right? I, I would. I, I don't call that insecurity. Because it is. Because it, the reason uh, why I'm, I call, I'm waiting for a moment to speak here. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Because go ahead. I've, I've been in these situations, you see. Right. I'm a, I'm a go-get answer. I'm not a stripper. Right. However... I got a lot of dudes, hundreds of them, trying to iPhone Uh-oh. every night. That's because you have big jugs. When, when I'm wait, dancing. Wait, they're not trying. They're doing it. But go ahead. I got goggles on. Period. <gasps> but my thing is, is 
and I don't know. I can't speak for every woman. I can only speak for myself. But my thing is, is like it is so attractive if you're with a dude who's so confident that he's like, "That's my chick." You can eye her all night, but I'm tonight. Yeah, baby. And to me, yeah. that turns me on because I'm like, "That's right, baby." <laughs> like I'm coming home to you. Like you guys can all look, but don't touch. Help me pay my bills because I'm going home to my man. Now, I, I feel you there. Okay? But it's I, very hard to find true. a dude that is okay with that. But that goes back to where I say most men are have some level of insecurity. But I, I, I again, I have to, I have to, I have to, I gotta push back on that. Right? It's one thing to say, you know, I'm gonna be in a quote unquote relationship with, we're gonna have a sexual relationship or whatever with with a person in the quote unquote industry, right? It's another thing to want to wife that person and and, and 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 elevate her status, you know, to yours, right? Like, and 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 that's not a certain man qualifies for that, right? I'm not talking about the guy that works down at the at the at the plant. You know what I'm saying? What's wrong and, with that dude? And, no, no, I'm not. Fatality. Nothing's wrong with that dude. <laughs> let, me, let, let, wait, let me finish my statement. I'm not saying the guy that works down at the plant or whatever that makes you know sixty thousand dollars a year. That's different. We talking about. The man that these women would want. Ah. The man that these women would want and understanding that the man that these women would want, there are thousands of women that want this same particular type of man. He has a choice of the type of women that he would want. And usually they're all bad bitches aesthetically. True. Right? Usually. So why would he choose the woman that has the news online? Versus the woman who is just as beautiful That is a lawyer no, I feel you there and, and that doesn't have anything to do with insecurity That's just a preference right? Just like women have a preference Even even you know the women with the nudes out there She's got a preference and that's okay And society says that's okay for her to have the presence And you the, mean the preference. You mean in a long term relationship That's what you're I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean for a man That is looking for a wife now, if you're looking, so, if you're looking for a good time, that's something different. But a man that's looking for a wife hmm. typically does not want a woman that has a bunch of nudes on Instagram. Ice T did that. The the exception does not prove the rule. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Okay, I like that. Like a J Lo. But she don't have nudes out there. She also can afford to. She got. She got. She got. And, 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 she and we can't even talk about. We can't talk about J Lo. J Lo got more rings than the Cowboys got over the past 30, uh, 25 years. That's true. Knock that's, it off. That, that is she true. is unmarryable. Nah, she, she hasn't mm. met me. I forgot. Right, dog. You right. Hey, and, and, that's, and that's coming. Summer high. I'm coming. Summer high. I'm coming too. You know what I'm saying. You feel me? This is Candace, and you're listening to Tough Talk Radio, and we will be right back. Hustle to my funds, such white collar. Crimes from the set getting more dollar. Had to tote straps in the waistband. Wars with some sex trying to expand. Hustle to my funds, such white collar. Crimes from the set getting more dollar. Hard life, nigga, that's a hood tale. Memories pass, how the yay sales. Young black niggas pack more jails. Innocent police still at all fail. Hustle to my funds, such white collar. Crimes from the set getting more dollar. Young black niggas pack more jails. Innocent police still at all fails. 
All for the money, chair rules first. Small funds, nigga, that's much worse. First thing a nigga learn. Bitch niggas hatin' really not my concern. Chill, it's my turn, yeah, nigga. First place. I'm all in low, tryna get a taste. Front line, no subliminal. Can't comprehend, so that's criminal. Calling from. Yeah, you know what it do. MCA Blue Stamp Official. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. To accept, dial five now. Man, we got a special guest on the line, straight out of Compton, MCA Yo, man. Man, how you doing, man? And th- I'm good, fam. All right, man. So I'm 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 going to uh, let the listeners in on how we know each other, how we met. You know, have something to do with you football. I don't think a lot of people know that about you, Coach. Talk to our listeners about. Uh, what you do in the community, man, and how you use sports to perpetuate the message of, of nonviolence in the community. You know, um, coming from where I come up, grew up, you know, whatever, you know, uh, didn't have time to really enjoy, you know, being a kid, whatever. Not that my household was disruptive, but being from Compton and being, you know, distracted by gangs and all that, um, turning into my career and whatever. It was just something I felt like, you know, having a son, I wanted to try to contribute and give back to the youth as far as, you know, what I went through as far as growing up, being in a single mother uh, home and not having a, you know, my father around, you know, because living in another state. So I know what that goes through for a lot of young men and boys or whatever. So um, I just decided to start coaching football because I wanted to give my son another avenue than what typical youth might, you know, venture into as far as, you know, sitting home playing video games or running with the wrong crowd or, you know, growing up on a different different side of the track. So I wanted to give him a different uh different aspect of life to see that there was more things than just, you know, what he saw from me growing up in the neighborhoods and everything. So I started coaching. He started playing at a young age. And that and that gave me the opportunity to connect with a lot of youth that didn't have, you know, the privileges of having a father like my son had in the home that I didn't have in the home at a certain time. So Absolutely and, and I've seen you in action. I see how you are with the kids. I see how they respond to you. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is to, to the kids. And, and I remember the first time I met you, I couldn't believe it. You know, it's MC eight out here, but to the kids, you just coach eight. Right. So, I mean, I, 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 I never wanted to, you know, uh, flex my authority, you know, on kids. So, if it wasn't for their parents who know recognizing who I was, whatever, I kept all of that off the table. You know, I just wanted to be, you know, if I could, to be a positive role model to them and, you know, not intimidate them because they're, you know, that's MCA and he's from Compton and Wooty Woom. So I wanted to approach it like I was just a regular dude, just wanted to come out here and enjoy my son, enjoy coaching football. And, you know, as I went down the line and got older with the kids and, you know, you start coaching kids when they five and they move up with you in the ranks you know people start recognizing and the kids start watching minutes and seeing the movies and the videos so it just gave them it just gave a little more respect and a little more attention that i could get from them because now they had an aspect of going oh i'm playing on mch team so 
it, it, it just maybe maybe a little maybe a little more advantage I had with right. kids and getting them to listen, you know, because parents could come to me and oh he ain't at home doing his homework or he messing up in school and they know they tell me that in a minute I'll be like oh you're not playing this weekend or you finna do extra laps or whatever. So a lot of parents instilled that that uh in me and gave me that control to discipline kids not to where I just make them feel crazy or embarrass them because I never thought that would be a good approach either you know so I always had that aspect to just try to treat them like young men never embarrass them in front of everybody or clown them and I think that's what gave me a lot of respect from the kids and the parents because I treated them like real individuals yo hey this is Martini here yeah what's cracking so growing up the way you did coming from the streets is there a certain message that you instill in your youth as, as coaching um to get them prepared for what's going out there in the world today well i just tell i tell my boys to just be careful and be aware of your surroundings and and what the situation is i also tell them to be smart young men don't reflect on the hatred to let it get you caught up in the situation because a lot of these kids don't come from where we came from. They didn't grow up how I grew up. So your, your interaction with the situation of this uprest might just be because you trying to be trendy and see what's going on. Not that it won't affect you in the long run because let's face it, being black, being minority, being a brown, being black or brown, we all have these problems. Like I tell dudes, I've been seeing this same situation since I was 14, 15, maybe younger. So you just have to learn how to conduct yourself around people and around, especially around the police who already have animosity because of their jobs or what the hell they doing or where they put. I've always been, like I said, I come from Compton. So police harassment and racial profiling has been around forever. I just tell my son, be careful who you hang around, the situations you in, and just try to be respectful in the situation that you don't give a person a motherfucking upper hand over you to try to put you in that situation. You feel me? You you come from, you know what I've been through. You know what a lot of your brothers and your homies been through. So y'all just have to be smart young men around this time of uprest because the easiest thing is set a motherfucker off and have you in that same situation. Don't put yourself in them predicaments. You get me? Absolutely. And that's great. That's great advice. I mean, I think I tell you, like, know what you know, know, you got to know what's out there because right. they, they waiting for it. You just got to know how to handle yourself when those predicaments arise. That's all. I knew as a youth riding in the car with the homies four deep if the police seen us, they was going to jack us. Now, it all depends on how I handle or I say whatever or whatever is how I'm going to get handled by them motherfuckers. Now, if it's just a bad day, we all going to get fucked up, period. But in my days, it was something we expected. You get me? It was yes. something we expected. It's being visualized and seen by a lot of people outside the neighborhoods now. That's why it's so much of a shock. But me growing up, I dealt with police, I dealt with police brutality and harassment and racial profiling on a daily basis. Every day I wanted to walk out my front yard and go to the neighborhood. You're taking a chance. Right. So, like I tell my son, be careful. 
Know who you around and don't put yourself in them situations to where you'll give a motherfucker the upper hand over you. Don't give a chance for a motherfucker to cuff you, beat you, slap you, or shoot you because they waiting to catch you in those predicaments. So don't put yourself in them because they waiting. And if you can avoid doing that shit, not that you can, because like I said, a lot of these motherfuckers racial profile just off the strength. But you have to, like I said, watch your areas, watch your surroundings and watch the people you with. And then you might can make it home or make it through the day without getting into that situation when you're getting pulled over or getting questioned or just ran into a motherfucker that just had a bad day today. Basically, control the things that you can control. You got That's it. You can't control everything. But if you can control because you know a motherfucker's ready, then control your mouth a little bit. Fuck it. Or don't go over here where you know they jacking everybody or they pulling everybody over or whatever. Avoid situations. If you can avoid them, then you'll cause yourself less strife. You feel me? I learned that shit all my life. Oh, yeah, it's niggas over there beefing with you. Now, you know if you go over there, it's going to be something happen. But if I turn my ass and go the other way, then today I might not get no beef. You feel me? So you have to know the situations and you have to be, but you have to be prepared when they come. Because every time you can't avoid shit, shit finds you. Little homie need to pipe down. Gang banging shit a lifestyle. We'll pull up on you right now. Spit this shit from my soul. Nothing I write down. Neck used to be dripping in gold. See me in the ice now. Little sore respect for my plug. Ain't bring the price down. Trying to teach my daughter. Don't know water then you might drown. I'm from the dark. Trying to get to a place where the light found. I ain't in the plan of waiting. I need it right now. Beat tear drops when the homies die. 40 ounce poured out. Niggas brains fine. Four deep in the neighborhood club where Parliament on the stereo mothership Nigga bang for the set with a death date Compton still a hood high murder rate Nigga fade been sealed Got the weapon concealed Bomb first to the jaw Chill low, best chill King niggas in the jungle to the feast Being day blue collar niggas back east 38 piece in my home or release Neighborhood to the depth Jail low, UFBs The west side, did Chuck Taylors We did Timberlands I can chill with killers and handle business with gentlemen Used to be fights, nigga with the fist Compton where the real niggas do exist We was rocking Pelly Pell Y'all was rocking Pendleton Watching Nipsey die, let me tremble Shaking in my room, Kyrie asking me what's wrong I really feel about niggas, can't put it in a song Watch your body, catch you at the light and send you home this radio broadcast is brought to you by Black League Entertainment on delicious vinyl power by Dash. Take us back. Man. How did MC8 get into the game? And you see some of the differences between, you know, hip hop now um, on both coasts and when you came up. You know? So talk about how you got into the game and then some of the differences in which you see, you know, the Know how hip hop is now versus when you got in the game. Man, I got into the game when gang banging with that was at its highest. I come from the era of colors and boys in the hood and shit. Red or blue, cuz of blood, it just don't matter. Something died for your life when my shotgun scattered. Colors. The gangs of LA would never die. Just multiply color like that. So it was really treacherous in the streets. And me as a youth at 14, 15 years old, you know, drive-bys every other night, police harassment. So I saw a lot growing up. So when rap came into play, you know, run DMC, whatever, 
We had local heroes. I grew up listening to cats like Toddy T, Mixmaster Spade. Shout out to Toddy T. Shout out Toddy T. Shout out Mixmaster Spade. Y'all know Toddy T, DJ All the Functions. That's my peoples from the same neighborhood. So I grew up listening to Toddy T and Spade and DJ Pooh and King T and Ice T. But I also listened to a lot of East Coast. So that kind of in tune me to real hip hop. Not that West Coast wasn't real hip hop. We just had a different way that we approached our hip hop because a lot of our hip hop was talking about the, the stresses and the struggles in the neighborhoods, the gangs, the police and all that. So I just basically started making tapes about the neighborhood. We got jacked last night. I go to the homie's garage. He get on the turntables. I get on the microphone and I come up with a rap about us getting jacked last night. If there was a drive by, I came, I just started writing songs like that. And then one of my tapes fell into the hands of, uh, Lonzo and Unknown and DJ Slip and I got to the studio, and that's how we formed Compton's Most Wanted. Me and Chill was running around in junior high school, high school, and uh, we made these little demo tapes, and they fell into the hands of them, and we formed Compton's Most Wanted, came out with This Is Compton, which was our first single, and the rest is history. So that's how basically I got into the game of hip-hop, just being a fan of hip-hop and watching dudes before me, you know, tell these tales of the hood, so to speak. Because that's what I did. I told tales from the neighborhood. So that's how I got into the game. Wanting to tell stories of what I saw belling around Compton every day. So, hey, I put you in the same categories like Ice Cube, uh, Scarface, Ice-T. Um, in that era, you, you know, you guys were very vivid storytellers. But there wasn't that many artists at that time getting into hip-hop movies or movies in fact. So... What or how did you get involved with doing movies? I mean, what what broke you to movies? Well, you know, I got the part to do Menace. The little hood movies was being was getting popular. You know, uh, Pop did Juice, uh, Cube did Boys in the Hood. Uh, then we had Colors. You know, Ice T songs was in Colors, whatever. So the hood movies was getting kind of popular. So we had these cats named the Hughes Brothers. They's from Pomona. You know, they grew up. They know what's happening. So they hooked up with a dude. Uh, got a script that told tales of a young man's struggles growing up in the projects trying to be long. So, basically, um, I, I was rapping. I had albums out. I think I just got to finish the music to drive by. We was promoting music to drive by and I got a call from New Line Cinema saying that they was getting ready to do this movie with the Hughes brothers and they wanted me to come read for a part. So, me, I wasn't a big movie dude. I wasn't no actor. I mean, I was just satisfied with spitting records. You know, that was my passion. I was cool with that. But my manager kept telling me, dude, they want you to come read. So I went down there and surprisingly enough, I was a cat who got my ass whooped when I didn't go to school. Moms didn't play that. She come from Gulfport, Mississippi, so she wasn't having it. So I was a gang-banging nigga who knew how to read and knew how to go to school. 
fortunately. So when I went to read the script, I could read. So they was like, oh shit. So they called me back. And I went back maybe two weeks later and I read some more and I had to go on tour for music to drive by. I've been quiet for too fucking long, so now it's time to break the silence. I start with the dick and so fuck stopping the violence. And they called me two weeks later and I had to come home from off a tour because they wanted to give me the part. So that's how I got the part to Minister Society. I mean, how was that? I mean, I mean, how, how was that decision? I mean, it had to be a hard decision to to leave the road to go and uh, record the movie. I mean, no, not really. I mean, it wasn't a hard decision to make because first off, I was finna get a paycheck. That's what I looked at. I looked at it like I'm finna make some more bread. As far as was it hard for me to do the movie or was it a hard decision? No, because they wanted me. It wasn't like it was a contemplation for me to be like, I don't want to do no movies or whatever. I looked at it like I didn't even think they were going to pick me. So when they did, I mean, it's really not a big deal because the shit they asking me to do, I was living it. I mean, I was still in the neighborhood on my third album. You know, I was still going to the neighborhood every day, hanging with dudes and whatever. So doing that movie role was just like me hanging in the neighborhood every other day. So it really wasn't a big task for me. I didn't look at it like as a contemplated decision. I already knew. I mean, I had a record deal. I had three, four more albums to do for Epic Sony. So it wasn't even like, I'm going to go do this movie and read these lines and then I'm going to go back to making records. It never put me in a situation of where I contemplated continuing my record career or doing movies. So how did that work out back then? I mean, did you guys cancel the tour or? No, I was a basically, uh, they just wanted me to come back so I could get familiar with the other actors because it was Jada. It was, uh, it was pa Pac was there first. It was Jada, it was Pac, it was Tyron Lorenz, uh, 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 it was Charles S. Dutton. It was the directors and a couple of people from New Line. So I had to come off too. I think maybe we postponed the tour for maybe a week and a half. And then I went back out on the road. I finished up the tour and then I came back and we started the reading sessions. We basically read for maybe a month before we started shooting. And this was just to get everybody familiarized with each other's characters and see how we played off each other. So after I came off tour, maybe once a week, we would meet in Hollywood at the studio or the office and we would go in the conference room and all the actors who were the main characters like Tyron, Lorenz, me, Pac at the time, Jada, we would all sit at the table and we would go through different scenes. So, I mean, how was that? How was that transitioning? You know, because back then, I mean, you're a legendary artist now, but back then you was MCA. I mean, and you had the notoriety and everything in the streets, but you wasn't looked at the way you are looked at now. So how was that transition? I mean, what did you do? How did that affect you? I mean, it was different. It was different as far as uh, fans and, and the attention that I got 
outside of being just MCA from Compton's Most Wanted. I mean, we had successful songs, you know. I put out, what, three albums up until the end. We had the, we had the number one song in the country uh, the year before with Growing Up in the Hood from the Boys in the Hood soundtrack. So I was used to getting a little attention because, like you said, I was just another one of the rappers, you know. I never put myself in that category of being extra. I just felt like I was one of the dudes, but when Menace came and then all the extra promotion and having to go here and there and do this and that, it became a little overwhelming because stuff was bigger than what I was used to as far as my tours or doing my little shows. You know, now I was leaving the country and going overseas and, you know, uh, uh, big autograph sessions and thousands of people and stuff. So I had always been just a humble type of dude, quiet dude. I wasn't used to all the fanfare, and I don't really like the shit now. I'm not really <laughs> big on all the hoopla, but that's the choices we made from getting into this game. So I think, you know, it kind of, I was kind of a little nervy about it, but being that I was into my third album, and I was used to the attention, not as much as big as the attention, but I was used to a little bit, so I just took it in gradually. You know, I just had to look at it as it came you know what i'm saying like i said i'm a young dude from compton and i'm all the way over in europe and and doing movie autograph sessions and it's two three thousand people lined up outside waiting for autographs and you know coming from where i came from we i had never experienced that up until i got to menace and then after menace you know i would go places and it's five it's five thousand people outside waiting for autographs and you know that type of shit so it jumped up a big scale when the movie came out so the transition was kind of big the one thing that i always noticed about you eight was you was always accepted worldwide like you was always accepted on the east and on the west oh yeah definitely my thing um I, like i said i came up on a lot of east coast rap so i have mad respect for a lot of east coast rap artists so i never i never fell into that bullshit as far as you know the attitudes or having or thinking that we were better or whatever i'm i'm a true hip-hop head so i always respected and i always knew where hip-hop started and originated so you just gotta have that respect for for what it is and you know some cats you know it's always gonna be them sour apples in the bunch or whatever or them or them cats that don't know how to handle that type of situation or this is gonna go follow along with whatever is trendy i've always been my own person so i I never got caught into none of the situations where niggas was beefing or had animosity with coast or whatever. I had love for hip hop, period. So it didn't matter to me. If your shit was good, then that's what I reflected on. And like I said, I always traveled to New York. Everybody knew my relationship with Premier is like, man, that's like my brother from another mother. I've always had respect. I mean, like I said, I said, I grew up on East Coast rap. I might have listened to some hood shit, but I grew up listening to fucking Treacherous 3 and Just Ice and fucking MC Shan and all that type of shit. So you got to have respect where respect is due. And I think that's why a lot of cats on the East Coast never put me in that category of being, you know, MC8 was, you know, I fuck with some MC8 because I think I had that connection and that love with niggas from the East Coast. So never tried to get caught up in that bullshit. I, I wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, the relationship with DJ Premier. I mean, you guys have been putting out some 
fire. I've been knowing Primo, man, since my career got started. Uh, we used to bump into each other a lot on the road, you know, when we was trying to get in. Um, used to do a lot of promo stuff together, a lot of tours together. So we built that relationship over the years. He's just one of the people that I've always stayed in contact with. Like I said, my career stretches long. Premier is one of the dudes that I've always had that contact with. You know, I could call him up, ask him anything. I need a beat. I need mixing. I need scratching. But then outside of that, me and Premier get on the phone and we have family conversation. I talk about Karan. He supports my son in his sports. You know, he got a son, plays baseball. I support his son. Anytime he's at games, he call me, fill me in. I do him the same. I mean, he bought the whole team cleats one time you know one of the years i was coaching i mean he hooked me up with adidas i mean all the kids would get fresh pair of cleats every year they was playing for me so me and premier relationship is, is stands far another dude like that is scarface i had the same relationship with scarface so it's just dudes you build that rapport with over the years Primo is like, he's one of those dudes. If you know Premier, his production, who he's dealt with, who he's worked with, you know, it's a privilege to be able to know somebody like that and be able to get some work from him, you know, because he don't deal with everybody. It's a choice, you know, so... Over the years, we've established that relationship. I trust his ear. I mean, who has, who got a better ear than DJ Premier? So I'm always sending him stuff. I send him all my works anytime, you know, like you said, like, you know, I was coaching for a while. So that was my passion for the last 10 years. He would always ask me, man, when you going to get in the studio, when you going to do something. So he kind of encouraged me to go back to the studio during my coaching tenure. And uh, we came out with this project, Which Way is West, two years ago. And that kind of got me on the path of wanting to get back into the studio. So I dropped a project called Official just to get my feet back wet because you know what's going on with the world and with going on with this new rap game and these new artists and what have you, you know. A lot of people wasn't functioning with the reality of good hip hop. So I went back, I dropped official and that's when uh, I decided doing this record called Lessons. Uh, the first single was with me, DJ Premier and, and my boy Conway from Buffalo. If you're a hip hop head, you know about Griselda. I got Conway Premier. You've been sleeping under a rock if you don't know about DJ Premier. So I got Dave East. I got a uh, Havoc from Mob Deep. Talib Kweli, Cocaine, uh, Corrupt, uh, who else we got on there? Be Real, Mitchy Slick, Yuck Mouth. Just trying to bring back some authentic good hip hop, you know, not trying to be confused or hate on nobody's uh, music or whatever they do to each his own. But, you know, we need some of this good feel good music that, you know, that we came up with some of that good 90s. 90 era music so that's what i'm trying to take you back to some people familiar with as far as eight and Compton's most wanted is concerned so you know i feel we know how to put out some good music so that's what we're doing we're just trying to put our feet in the table man to this contribution of hip-hop and keep it going on you know what i'm saying because a lot of whack shit is out there and it's confusing the masses because you know People think popularity contest is, is what sells records now instead of authenticity and lyrics and good music. So that's what we trying to come with.
All right, man. Well, I mean, we're going to wrap it up. We went way longer than I, I thought we would, man. It's all man, good, but man. It's all good. You know I, y'all my people, so it's all good. I appreciate that. MC8. And you peeped out right here on the Jill. You get it straight from the horse's mouth. Because I do talk tough and I do do tough things. This is Tough Talk Radio. Tough Talk Radio is sponsored by Sound Lounge. So if you're a producer or you're an MC or even a singer and your beats sound like this... And you want them to sound like this? You already know what to do. Go to Sound Lounge. They're on IG. Hit them up. Sound Lounge SD. Hit them up right there. Royal DJ Rec at DJ Rec. Like I said, Sound Lounge, they're going to get you right. This is Tough Talk Radio where the streets are talking and everybody is talking. Get familiar. Hey, How hey, we doing in Cali, man? It's a blacksmith movement. Gang mentality sucking. The sunshine is in the air out here. I think I go. Look at that. Real hip hop. Let's go. If I was your homeboy, you probably understand why I always ride around with this chrome toy. I'm from the part of the West, where's the part of the tech? Even the blood attack a nigga in red trees. He got a flag on the left, and some niggas hopped out of colors and all blue and stomped in the death. Even the palm trees came to play. The heat beats the eat teens and San Diego streets the mess. Corners of the Black Panthers, where the streets ringing. Sort of crack answer. Same spot, Azak, yeah, and that cancer. Same city ass hammer. Remember that dancer? Any song about money is a black Anthem. Police to hit your block, put your black hands up. There's Sean Bell, you trying to act dance up. Like you a boss, boss, they a black man. They say it never rains in California. Sometimes the need of a gap. Put it right in the small of your back. Then act like converse and react when confronted. Competition leave a nigga hunted. Plummet my anger and funnel it in the rap. It's tunnel vision on the track. I get right to the point. No holding back. Act like I told you that. Matter of fact, act like you know. I push down the yeah. fo and go.